Rise and shine, football fans. Welcome to Morning Footy. Happy Wednesday. I'm Susanna Collins alongside Nico Cantor, Matteo Benetti. At the desk today, we've got Alexis Guerreros, Jenny Chu with some headlines. Matteo, welcome back. I know they called in the substitutes. Uh, I guess middle of summer, right? People are taking vacations. A little intimidated, though, because yeah. I'm next to Pundit of the Year, right? Analyst oh. of the Year. Oh, don't remember. So, uh, studio analyst. I really need to raise my game about. today. <laughs> yeah. don't you surpassed Thierry Henry as well. That was quite an achievement. Thanks for joining us today. All right, no um, all right I had no choice. Let's get to uh, some Gold Cup semifinal action. Here is a look at the bracket. We've got two matches to look forward to tonight, Mexico and Jamaica, as well as Panama and the United States. So let's chat about this Panama-U.S. match that we have tonight. This is not a walk in the park for the U.S., by the way. Let's put up the full screen of how both of these teams have performed so far um, for this tournament. And Panama coming off um, a big win against Qatar. I know Qatar is not uh, the, the best opponent, but is, could this be a little bit of a trap game for? For the US? US? Yeah, I, I think if there's ever a time for Panama to take it to the United States, it's now, I don't think United States overall has been too convincing, and I don't think they've been tested as much. Canada was pretty poor, and the U.S. barely scraped by. They scraped by, which is the important part, but um, I, it hasn't been convincing. It wasn't convincing against Jamaica, and it wasn't convincing against uh, Canada. So, mm -hmm. and, and I'm going to put those same kits mm -hmm and Nevis and Trinidad Tobago games <laughs> to one side because uh, that's not a measuring stick okay. whatsoever. Fluffed up stats against pretty poor opposition throughout the Gold Cup um, is not a measuring stick of where this team is at. And Panama have progressed really well through the Gold Cup. They're very well coached in Thomas Christiansen mm. and he's consolidated this group very well. Um, and he's gotten the most out of Barcenas, for example, um, and the likes of Ismael Diaz, um, Fajardo as well. Coco Carrasquilla. Well, Coco Carrasquilla and Aníbal Godoy in the midfield are, like, untouchable. They, they get are, so much balance. To, they are what you came, the, to, this, came to see this, when you watch Panama. But also, more, more, I would say more... Fajardo and, and, and Barcenas. The thing is yeah. that they don't have their two right backs are out. So what that means is that they've had to move Barcenas, who's normally a winger, out to the right back spot, which gives way to Ismael Diaz. And that also helps Fajardo a lot and uh, Quintero in that attacking trio. And it's all credit to Tomas Christensen that has got this team hmm. despite they seem those well couple oiled, missing I was going to say spots. Panama, but then you said Panama, so Panama. I feel like I've yeah. got to step up my pronunciation. I'll stick with Panama, but it, it's so difficult to analyze these Gold Cup teams. Right? The U.S., for example, a B or a C team, there's only really one starter from the team that we saw in the World Cup if all those European players are there, and it is the A-choice U.S. team. So really, I, you start looking at what are the interesting talking points, right? It seems like Jesus Ferreira and Vasquez, right? That's what people are talking about of who should lead the line. Mm -hmm. Vasquez is more of a traditional number nine. Ferreira, maybe you can play them together, right? You can play as a second striker behind Vasquez, but you could change things up. But a lot of these players, they're not used to playing together as a unit, right? You have all these new players that haven't it, really it we haven't look, seen. It doesn't look like it. Exactly. The, the first 80 minutes of the last game was a really tough watch. Wasn't I would say all full 90. Oh, my goodness. I'm not full 90 because I ended up winning. But, uh, right, but. What I will say is 
two things. One, you'd expect that this USA squad isn't a well-oiled machine and that don't play extremely well together. This is a sort of a hodgepodge of guys that are hoping to be on the fringe for a lot of them. Some of them I do think are on the fringe. DeWan Jones, we've talked about, should be at least a backup. But for the most part, this is a, a mishmash. But that mishmash still should be Hodge able. Mishmash. I got one got, more in well, me. I, know, I think well, I got well, one more in me. Melting pot. <laughs> I think Zero for the most part, one. you should expect that they can beat Panama. Panama is not going to be easy to, to beat. But well, also, I mean, the United States should beat Panama every single game. But you play right you now said, on paper. What you said about St. Kitts, Nevis, and Trent Tobago, every nation, every big nation in the world, every. Federation has those easy to beat teams. In Europe, there's Liechtenstein, San Marino, uh, Comable, stop, stop anything stop. like that, man. But hold on, like Macedonia, no, they stopped you from getting the World not, Cup. Not at the Continental Tournament, not, not at the Euro as much as it happens in Concord. Is, is, so, is Panama, mm -hmm. or San Marino? Nice. Is Panama a <laughs> tougher opponent for the US than Canada? Yes. Yes. Yeah. At this tournament, mm -hmm. yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. They're also way more skilled at doing what Canada tries to do, which is really, really annoy the US play the, the, the dark arts, the CONCACAFI. Panama has a lot of skill, but they're also way more qualified at that than Canada. I, I, I think, if anything, Panama's gonna play more football than Canada. Yeah, today. oh, absolutely. I, they, they, they're confident, mm -hmm. they're good on the ball, uh, they have a pretty complete team, um, and I think it's gonna be, sporting-wise, I, I, I think they're gonna get less, yes, they will have that naturally, because when you're in the underdog, you're gonna bring that to the table because you can, that's how right. you bring the US down, but I think we're gonna see more quality football speaking um, than, it's also than, a young US than, than well. Canada. So it's easy to get them stirred up. No, it's, it's gonna be a fun one, 7.30 p.m. Eastern tonight on FS1. Um, let's get to some other big news in the soccer world, Mateo. How do you feel about Christian Pulisic coming to AC Milan? He is great. in Italy right now, and uh, the club posted this video. Take a look. Hi, AC Milan supporters. Christian Pulisic. I've just arrived in Milan. I'm so excited to be here, and uh, yeah, can't wait to get started. Okay, Aww. looks excited, doesn't he's, he? Uh, he? He's very smiley. He, this is the best thing that could have ever happened to him. At Chelsea, it was a disaster, right? He'd play a good game, especially in the lockdown era when there was no fans. He'd play a good game, but then with all the wingers that they have, the different managers, different styles, he was just lost. And all, obviously the injuries didn't help. And I think that's the only question mark I have of Pulisic at Milan is, are the injuries going to stop him? Because if he's healthy... He is starting in two different positions. The only thing we're waiting for now from a Milan perspective is, are they signing the winger from Villarreal named Chukweze? Because if they do, they go 4-2-3-1. Pulisic is going to play as the number 10 starting. Uh, Decatelade, who they signed for $35 million, was a complete disaster, non-factor, zero goals in over 30 what games. What about Salamakers? Salamakers is not good enough to start for Milan. Pulisic is clearly ahead of him. So if they don't sign Chukweze, I think 4-3-3, you have Pulisic on the right, Leal on the left. I know that's not Pulisic's favorite position. Right. He'd rather cut in on his right. But in this Pioli system, there's, there's going to be interchanging. He's going to make those runs down the middle into the box where he scored so many goals throughout his career. So what are the odds, for example, that he plays ever in Rafa Leal's position? Never. No Never. chance. Unless he's unless it's like a, an Italian cup game where Leao's being rested. But if Leao's there, he just signed a contract extension. He is Milan's best player. No one's touching mm -hmm. that spot. So no chance. So uh, just, just no, say they do sign Pioli, that winger. And he Pioli goes, even came out and said he's going to play central. He's and bringing he, him in. So he's he pretty official about it. Central. I think it depends if they bring in a right winger. Because right now they don't have a right winger who's good enough to play. But can I tell you something? I think, like, I understand Chukweze, that's his natural position. But 
Yeah, but they're signing. If Milan spent over twenty million on a player, they're signing him to start him. This isn't like a Premier League team that'll right, sign the third string I goalkeeper Pulisic, for twenty million. I think Pulisic can be better than Chukwueze on the right wing, and I've seen Chukwueze at Villarreal. He, he's he's great, but he, he wasn't consistent all season long. But yeah, but I, they're signing him to start him. If they spend twenty million on a player, they're starting for Milan. Okay, Pulisic is going to start as a number ten in that case, and I think he'd actually be better as that player than as a right so, winger because he 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 could drift off to the left too right he's not like stuck there centrally like a, right. like a video game he's going to drift interchange with Leao can still cut in on his right so I think that would give him more options so we got Rafa Leao Leao Pulisic, Pulisic Chukwese behind Chukwese. whoever the striker is yeah and who's that going to be Oh, you're talking about it this segment? It's, we see Morata, we see Balogun now, the other oh. U.S. Uh, men's national team. This is going to be the team for all USMNT fans to follow, <laughs> especially if Musa comes over from Valencia as well. I mean, you've got Captain mm. America. How are, are AC Milan fans excited about the potential of, of the American contingent Italian, coming it's in? Great question. Uh, I think in Italy, not as much okay. for Pulisic because they don't have the links that we do. And all they see when they look at the stats is a guy who scored a goal in 30 games, which does not tell you the whole picture because he was in and out. He wasn't a consistent starter. I think at Milan, they'll be pleasantly surprised with what he can offer mm. that we know, right? Because we've all watched him on the U.S. men's national team. We know what Pulisic can be when he's at his best. I don't think fans in Italy know that yet because they're not watching us here, the United States men's national team. So I, I think if he can stay healthy, he'll be a big surprise. And what about Just that American out. contact that Milan has? They have a, an American owner That's and huge. now they have an American player. Do, do you feel, because there's certain Certain teams in the Premier League that do feel that American presence in their club, the American money. Does do the Milan fans now feel that more than ever? Or for example, leading into the season, Milan is desperate about building their brand here in North America. They're doing uh, events in New York at the Rock Nation Club, right? So they've got this partnership with Rock Nation. They want to be huge over here. They want to like kind of be the Premier League team over here, right, and appeal to American fans. What better way than what they're doing now? And it's no surprise that they're also linked to Jonathan David, the Canadian uh, striker. I think it's all of North America that they really want to improve their One brands. in Brooklyn. So another way to connect with them. There, there we go. Love to see it. All right, we are going to take a quick break. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back. Midweek MLS action on tap tonight. Here's a look at some of the notable fixtures for you. We have the New England Revolution taking on Atlanta United. The Red Bulls facing FC Cincinnati. Sporting KC, RSL, Colorado, Portland, LAFC, St. Louis City, San Jose, Seattle, Vancouver, Austin, and Nashville SC taking on Philadelphia. This is a big matchup in the Eastern Conference. Nashville SC currently sitting in second place. Um, Philadelphia Philadelphia struggling a little bit this season there. The MLS Cup this season there. The MLS Cup runners up. Um, but let's talk about Nashville SC who are riding a 10-game home unbeaten streak into this one. And a big reason they have been so successful this year is one guy. Hani Mukhtar, the reigning MLS MVP, the reigning Golden Boot uh, champion. This guy has been uh, absolutely outstanding since joining this club. Here's just a look at what he's been able to do. 20 goal contributions this season, three hat tricks. It's ridiculous, Mateo. He, um, he could be one of the first player mm. to repeat as... MVP. It's never happened in, in Major League Soccer, but he's well on his way. This yeah, and he's coming off a season where he had 30 goal contributions. He's on pace to hit that as well. I mean, his stats are off the charts already. 13 goals, 7 assists. But the interesting thing with him, right, is he's been linked to teams now. Obviously, in Europe, he's been linked to a team in Qatar. 
But when he was younger, he said that his two dreams were one, playing for Ertha Berlin, which he already accomplished, and the second one was for the German national team, which he hasn't accomplished at the senior level. He's played for the under-21 at that level. So it's not like it's a player saying, oh, my dream is to go to the Premier League, and then you're like, oh, God, here we go. Now if a big offer comes in, it seems like he's already accomplished on the club level, mm -hmm. his dream, but just watching him play and doing like a scouting deep dive on him, he has raised his game so much since coming over from the Danish league. His contributions, his statistics have gone up three or three times more than what he was scoring and assisting at any time previous to his MLS career. Technical, can run down the middle, great finisher on his right. The goals that he's scoring from an attacking midfield position, you just don't really see anywhere else. I mean, it's hard to find another attacking midfielder that plays behind the striker that can give you that sort of production in the final third. So what a gem. And by the way, he's also massively underpaid. If you look at the 15 players making more money than him, you're thinking, well, this guy needs to get an extra mm. zero added on to there this contract. I should be his agent. agent. Hanny, 10% yeah. cut. That's all I ask. Let's do this. Agent Mateo. It's so, it's so interesting, though. Uh, this is a wild stat that I'm going to throw at you guys about Hani Mukhtar. Nashville SC, 60% of all of their goals have come from Hani Mukhtar since start, um, he started in 2021 well, with them. 60%. They, they clearly have a, a, a big dependence on Hani Mukhtar. He didn't start in the last game against Chicago in which they lost. He came, comes in at halftime and he can only do so much. There's a massive drop off from the goal scorers. Yeah. It's the amount of goals just this season. Yeah. After Hani Mukhtar, the way he gravitates, the way he's able to influence the game, get the best out of Bunbury, get the best out of Pico, um, get the best out of Randa Leal, who has been kind of uh, on a nice little streak, given the fact that Hani Mukhtar's on an active four-game goalless streak. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, it's, it just tells you how important... Um, Hani Mukhtar is this. It does make you think, though, because Nashville is a very defensive-minded team, and Gary Smith is a very defensive-minded coach. They've they've don't concede a lot of goals. They win their matches at home, which is kind of a, a recipe for success in Major League Soccer. But if you take Hani Mukhtar out of that equation, if he does sign somewhere else, if they are able to get a bunch of money for them, what is that? What happens to Nashville? SC, your your attack is essentially yeah, it's not gone. much. The, the other names Nico mentioned aren't going to win you very many games yeah. alone. And if you do get a lot of money for Ani Mukhtar, you're you're going to be stressed to find one player that can give you the production he does. You're going to have to spread that across maybe two, possibly three players. What I love most about him, and is we've spoken to him, he's a relatively quiet guy, not a massive personality. Mm -hmm. But when he's on the pitch, he is completely different. Also willing to be the leader. And that says a lot. For the success that Nashville have had, for the success they want to have, a guy like Hani Mukhtar is so important because he wants to be that leader. He wants to take yeah. it all on his back. Suzanne, I'm going to take your role for a second. Question for you, Alexis. Mm. In terms of all-time MLS greatest signings, where do you put Mukhtar? Well, that's tough because you gotta, you got to win a title to be up at the top. Uh, do you? Yeah, I think so. To be all-time greatest signings, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, but in terms but of productivity value? for what, what they pay. What about value? One more time. What about value? You know, as far as value, it's almost hard. To, it's hard to say because he is almost a one-man band. You know, you you look at someone like uh, uh, Walker Zimmerman mm -hmm. and how well he sort of structures that defense and makes it his own. There, who do you lay that out to? What's your outlet? It's Hani Mukhtar. So it's difficult to say. But, you know, you've said it best. They don't lose at home. It's a fortress of theirs. He wants to be that leader. He's accounted for more than half of their goal contributions. Mm -hmm. It's almost, if you ask, you know, if you ask the front office of Nashville, they'd say priceless.
So between Nashville and Philadelphia, by the way, um, both teams, when they score first this season, they've never lost. Mm. So like you mentioned how they've made that a fortress scoring and, and, and just being very tight on defense, I, I think that bodes into Nashville's yeah. uh, balance. But And Philadelphia as well. I mean, Philadelphia is a very difficult team to break down. They are. And they've found ways to score through Ura, through Juli Carranza. Julian Carranza has been outstanding. They, um, they only have one win in their last five, though. And they haven't won any of their yeah. last four away. On the, on the road. That CONCACAF hangover. So it's, rough, huh? it, this is going to be, this is a tall, tall task for, for Philadelphia. I fully, I mean, they're, they're going to be fine. I believe in Jim Curtin. Happy to see I him. I don't think that it's that much of a hangover. Extension. They were, they were out early enough. They're, yeah. they're, they're, they're there. And the thing with like Julian like Carranza, Michael Ura, um, and Daniel Gazdag as well. Yeah. They, they, they can score a oh, bunch and, of goals. And Jose and, Martinez. And in bunches. Is, is, nice bump with getting Lesnes into the uh, All-Star game as well now. Yeah. Nice little bump They'll there. be fine. Nice little confidence. They'll be fine. So um, uh, I'm just worried about Nashville. Sorry. Just no. Sh- Schaffelberg is, is probably not going to play. He's just fresh off. I like that kid. Canada Scoring Nashville. against He's the really, yeah. And, and that goal Aníbal Godoy. Was- the way he celebrated, just pointing. Like, guess who's here? Mm. Still I was calling key. him shuffleboard before that goal. It was great. <laughs> he's he's great. No, no, Aníbal Godoy either, which is two two important pieces of the mm-hmm. puzzle. Yeah, no, it's a good point. Um, let's chat quickly about uh, LAFC and St. Louis. St. Louis sitting on top of the Western Conference standings right now. LAFC have been struggling a little bit. They they have fallen off of form. I think ever since. I think they are suffering That's from a Concacaf Concacaf hangover. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Hangover for and, sure. And the fact that they that they didn't win, I think there's a bit of a depression right mm-hmm. now at, at LAFC. No one's really at their best, and nobody's responding. Especially, I think that Denny Buanga has gotten a little bit quiet. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they don't have a boss number nine that will resolve anything that you put in their way. When you, you have Boanga, you have Vela, but neither Buick um, or, um, ah, what's the name of the other striker? Um, Bogush. Um, they're not <laughs> top. They're mm-hmm. not, you know, they're, they're, they're all right. So Can I we wonder- see a world where Vela plays the nine? I mean, I, plays the 10? Like just a straight cam 10? Sit that back? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I know. He likes to be off on the right so he can float in on the left. They, give us that one curling shot that he they magic played, at. They played a lot of games. They need a nice little reset maybe in the transfer market. They figure something out. Yeah. Um, so. St. Louis is tough, though. They have proven everybody wrong. If Charlie Davies was sitting at this desk right now, I'm sure he had something to say about it. Oh, we'd go it. to I mean, him. Not, we'd not, go to him because hey, he was not high on no, the Not high on St. Louis, and here I, I, they I are I over halfway through either. this season. I they are still sitting either. on top. It's wildly impressive. I know, and they've been without Joao Klaus, yep. who was their, their leading goal scorer at the, the start of the season, was a huge part of uh, that hot streak that and they went on. He, he's got, he'd been out since April, and Everyone has responded. There's a plethora of goal scorers Giochini. on the St. Louis team. Joaquinis, of course. I mean, they are kind of a plug and play, right? Whoever's in that, I mean, you're they running all over the place. Yeah. They are a team that is very, very hard to beat. They're very organized. They have an identity. They are just tough to beat. So this is going to be, this is a good test for, for LAFC, but they're going to want to make up some ground for sure. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Love midweek MLS action. All right, we're going to take a break. Um, we've got Matteo Benetti at the desk, so this is a perfect opportunity to chat some Serie A. On the other side, don't go anywhere. All 
all new to the Galazzo Network, you can now watch wow. all our coverage from games and shows on demand at Paramount Plus and the CBS Sports app. Catch all the best moments from morning footy on a daily basis, including guests, game shows, and so much more. And then check out the latest news and analysts from box to box. Just log into your Paramount Plus or the CBS Sports app and head on over to the Galazzo Network for all the best clips for the day. You guys, there is nobody more excited about this than my mom. Yes. She is always like, when are you guys gonna be on demand so I can watch the full episode? Cause God bless my mama. She loves her, her sleep-ins. She likes to sleep. And sometimes she has appointments during the day. She can't, she can't watch the re-airs. So this is a good thing. No and excuses now. Comedians. Thank you. Now you have a way. Comedians wake up at noon. That's like their 6 a.m. Mm -hmm. Everyone's like, I'd love to see the show. All of them that like soccer. Like, but you're on too early. I'm like, no, we're on at a normal time. You wake up too late. Mm -hmm. right, but now, now you can watch it at your leisure. No, this is awesome. Was that your comedian impression? Which one? The one that you just Ooh. did? No, yeah. <laughs> that, that was actually a specific comedian I was thinking of. Who just keeps complaining. If he was watching that, would he know that that oh, was him? Oh, 100%. I'll get a text okay. at like 1 p.m. Ah, I look forward to that. Um, <laughs> let's send it over to Jenny Chu, who's got some headlines for us. Hi, Jenny. I do, Susanna, but I want to talk about how you and I didn't get the Shacket memo. All oh, three I know. of the boys are in shacket. I know. That's a, She's got a jacket. It's, it's a track jacket? jacket, though. It's a different. A jacket. It's a shirt yeah, jacket. Yeah, yeah. All three of you. Look. Yeah. You did need you to guys throw on a little, throw on a little something. 100% me and Nico did. We're brothers, I also, I appreciate all. the color coordination that's happening. You did a good job. At the desk The blue-green. Well. That was accident. It was So you guys planned. all have a group message that left me out of it today, I guess. Yeah. But you match very well with the wall behind you and the lights. Alexis. Look at that. You do. I'm not cute. That's when I go. Christian Bulisic's looming transfer to AC Milan has been the talk of the town for a week. And today, the U.S. men's national team star arrived at the airport in Milan this morning on the way to his medical for the $24 million transfer. Pulisic sent a message to Milan fans via social media, effectively confirming his departure from Chelsea to the Rossoneri. Hi, AC Milan supporters. Christian Pulisic. I've just arrived in Milan. I'm so excited to be here and, uh, yeah, can't wait to get started. Pulisic will become the third U.S. men's national team player to play for AC Milan, and his transfer could be officially announced as early as this morning. Back in the USA, Lionel Messi has officially landed. Messi, his wife and children all flew into Fort Lauderdale yesterday in preparation for an unveiling ceremony on Sunday. Ahead of the arrival, Messi did an interview with ESPN Argentina, where he said he expects to, quote, perform at the highest level for Inter-Miami. Messi is expected to make his debut for Inter-Miami on July 21st, where Inter-Miami plays Cruz Azul in League's Cup. And from one star arriving in MLS to one set to leave, former MLS Golden Boot winner Tati Castellanos is generating major transfer interest with Serie A sides Roma, Lazio and Portuguese champions Benfica all linked to interest in the Argentine striker. NYCFC is reportedly seeking $15 million for the 24-year-old striker. Castellanos is coming off a successful season on loan with La Liga side Girona, where he scored 13 goals, tied for eighth most in the league. In other MLS news, Jim Curtin and the Philadelphia Union announced a contract extension through the 2026 season. Curtin is the second longest serving head coach in Major League Soccer behind only sporting Kansas City's Peter Vermees and has overseen the union since 2014. During his tenure, Curtin has won MLS Coach of the Year twice, helping guide the union to a 2020 Supporters Shield title and last year's MLS Cup final. He's also helped mold an academy that has produced several players to go on to play in Europe, including both Brendan and Paxton Aronson. Promotion and relegation. It's been a hot-button topic in American soccer circles for a year, and a pro soccer league in the U.S. could adopt the structure. Nope, 
It's not MLS, but the USL. According to multiple reports, the USL will vote in August on whether to adopt promotion and relegation between its USL Championship and USL League One, which are the second and third divisions in American soccer. MLS Commissioner Don Garber addressed the topic earlier this year, and while he wouldn't rule out the league adopting promotion and relegation one day, he said he doesn't know how it can work today for MLS. Alexis, you're a big MLS fan. Are you surprised that USL has been more proactive in this aspect than MLS? I want to say no, mainly because they adopted the, you know, championship, League One, League Two structure. It just seemed like it was the next potential move. And also, if MLS brings in Messi and you're a, a league that tries to compete with MLS, what are you possibly going to do? You have to do something to shake it up. The World Cup is coming to North America. You have to do something to make a big splash. Promotion and relegation mm. will be just that. Makes total sense to me. If you're trying to be a closed league, but you're very clearly the second division in the U.S., how, how are you going to get more eyeballs on your product? Yeah. So what you could do is make it so more than just one team has things to play for at the end of the season where it actually matters how bad you are at the end of the season. It has a bit of competition even at the bottom. And it introduces American fans who maybe don't watch European football to the great thing known as pro-rel and the drama at the end and oh, what it means to, they to have know. salvation. They, they know, know, but maybe they don't support a team that's ever gone through that. So, you know, if you're just at the bottom of the barrel in, in, in MLS, you're like, okay, well, I could stop watching now because it doesn't really matter how terrible we are. Whereas in USL now, you're like, okay, this is, this is kind of interesting. I can see why the Europeans all go crazy about it. It's so it. compelling. Yeah. It's so compelling. And if it goes well for USL, then could, there's a, there's a threaten, model. Absolutely. MLS and Put their some structure on some of the clubs to, as it to is, Mateo's point. They had to take a risk business-wise, just like Alexis said. MLS has a lot going for them mm -hmm. in not only Messi coming, but a multi-million billion Apple deal. Um, billion. Billion. Billion over so many years. And it's clearly MLS is probably going to be in cahoots with their stars and, and World Cup from what we understand that Messi is going to be one of the faces of, of World Cup 2026. So for USL to go out and take this huge leap, if it does work out, it can pay so many dividends mm -hmm. because there will finally be a free-flowing football pyramid in the United States, and they'll be the owners of this dramatic last. But but does it matter day. if that pyramid doesn't bring you to the top of the pyramid? Yes. But That's, but but here's who, why. Then who are the MLS? Who are MLS to say that they're the top of the pyramid no. when they have they have I mean, that I mean, system? They've got Just the U.S. Finan soccer. No, U.S. soccer has granted them the top. They are the top. They are the, the clear. They're the only first division, the, the, the top flight. They're the only one. But there's two ways to look at this. One is, to answer your question, yes, and here's why. MLS is now behind a paywall. USL could very clearly get themselves in front of all the free, the mm -hmm. eyes that don't, can't afford it or don't want to take the leap of paying for that product. They now have it, and they will have all the drama at the end of the season. Here's the other thing. You don't have to beat MLS. You have to muddy the waters. This is like politics. You don't have to beat the other guy. You have to convince mm -hmm. some people that you're a better option. That's all you have to do. You have to start taking those sponsorship dollars out. Once you start to siphon sponsorship dollars and the USL sponsorship tally grows while MLS shrinks, now what you're doing is threatening the value of the of the organization. You're threatening the value of the company. That's when you start to win. You sound like USL PR right now. Like Buddy. you're reading from a script. <laughs> Buddy, you forgot corporate. How much they paid you? Yeah, I was in the corporate days. No, I don't know if it'll days. work. I honestly don't know if it'll work. But I do think there's a large 
there's a large group or, or a large segment of this population in the U.S. that want to watch soccer but oh. don't want to pay for it or don't want to take the leap to pay for it because maybe they watch a European or a Liga MX or I'll, something I'll, else. Can I tell you a something? Lot. A lot of a people lot. don't want to pay for it. It's a lot. Yeah. If they decide to watch this, if USL could get this in front of them in an inexpensive way or even free... By the way, wow. fans in this country are spoiled because if you hear what the domestic, how much people have to pay, if you're in England, you want to watch Premier League. If you're in Italy, you want to watch Serie A. We're not you're spoiled. talking about they're getting $60 screwed. a yeah. month. Yeah, they're getting, they're getting fleeced. We're not, we're not, we're not. Uh, this is the yeah. best country in the world to right. watch football, but, by the way, but, in terms yeah, of even do, cost per. The, the thing is, the thing is from, from a business perspective here, people will pay for the top leagues in the world, top leagues in Europe, and your casual fan that's not an MLS diehard is it's going to be difficult to convince them to pay to, to watch the local league when all day they've been paying for all these streaming services that give you the top tier quality of football and unless you're a diehard it's, it's going to be difficult yeah, to correct. convince and that's where USL comes in mm -hmm. right because it's going to give you that exciting last gas match day pro promotion relegation the hope that drives these, these teams throughout a season from day one the worst team and from day one the best team have something to play for yeah. and that in itself is quality. We had, we have an entire country with the United States completely sold on this idea of Wrexham in Wales. Like, who cares about Wrexham in Wales? But they managed to convince people to care mm -hmm. because of promotion relegation, because your, 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 your aspiration is towards somewhere from the very beginning of the It's season. daring to dream. Yeah. Right? Cinderella it, it, story. Everyone likes that. Everyone loves a Cinderella you like story. That? Daring to How about that for PR? Very nice. I love we that. We should start a company. Now, I feel like <laughs> it would shake things up uh, tremendously. And I, I, we love these conversations. So I feel like this is not the last time we will be discussing this. Um, but yeah, let's go. Um, all right, we're going to take a break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Well, Mateo mentioned it at the top of the show. Seria and Rock Nation are now partners. Rock Nation being a full-service marketing mm. agency. Mateo, what does this do for the league? It makes total sense. Look, Serie want to market themselves way better globally. I thought in the past they did next to nothing to really get their name out there. It was very much everything was kept in Italy. You know, I've, I've been now with the rights holder since 2012 of Serie A, and even in the last three, four years, there's been tremendous growth. Things as simple as having a good YouTube page, mm -hmm. you know, uh, tweeting in English, having an English page, just things like this. But now... You know, they want to get younger, they want to get hipper, they want to get cooler, they want to be like a name that okay, is... Boomer. At no, but wow. look, they're, they're trying. <laughs> the words that he used, sorry, just I know, but I understand. Yeah. They're trying to get, they're trying to appeal to the Gen Z 100%. audience. That's why they're doing party, like watch parties at clubs in New York City, right? The club that uh, Jay Z owns, I forget the name now, but this just shows you the kind of 40, vision 40? that they see the 4040 club, yeah. So they're not doing it just outside at a venue. They're mm -hmm. they're trying to just change the image around a little bit, and I think this partnership, like strategically, makes total sense. Is Kaitra Beck? <laughs> Most people don't <laughs> Let's know. Let's not go back to that. Man. Most that people don't know. Rock Nation has had a partnership with AC Milan since 2020. Yeah. Originally hired them to redesign their logo, uh, which I think has gotten some negative backlash. Yeah, you can't redesign So it hasn't logo. been released. But Inter Milan changed theirs to a digital digital first logo. Mm. AC Milan might need that. I, I don't want to upset AC Milan fans. 
but yeah, uh, stop the, right there. I know the front office is. I know you are. Front office is thinking Atleti they need that. Look what happened to Atletico Madrid. Yeah, I mean, for who needs a little green tree? But anyway, uh, they want to do that. So I think this is another example of an older, sort of stuck in their ways league mm. learning that, like, oh, there's other ways to make money. There's other ventures out there for us, and I think this is going to be a positive across the board. Yeah, yeah. no, hurt. makes a lot of sense. Um, all right, let's uh, chat some. Setiat news. Let's start with Napoli, who have named a new head coach, Rudy Garcia, taking over um, after Spalletti stepped down. Um, this is a guy who spent a lot of time in Ligue 1, most recently with Al Nasser, but he does have some experience in Serie A with his time in, in Roma. Uh, Matteo, what is Napoli getting in a guy like Rudy Garcia? So the owner, Aurelio De Laurenti, said it best. He said, I want a manager that is comfortable and has the idea of playing in a 4-3-3. So that tells me right now that De Laurentiis wants the team to continue as best they can to look like the team that won the Scudetto under Luciano Spalletti, which makes total sense, right? You don't want to rock the boat. They're going to have most of their starters back, except Kim and Jay, who already left to Bayern Munich. So they went out and specifically got a manager that has tons of experience in playing a 4-3-3. Rudy Garcia's Roma side was one that wanted the ball. They wanted to attack. So I think it's more from like a philosophical standpoint. He didn't want to completely change. He didn't want to get someone that's like defensive 3-5-2. One Wanted to keep the tactics the same. Not the most exciting name. You know, I think Napoli fans were thinking after the Scudetto, after Champions League, we went to the quarterfinals. They were dreaming of like a Jurgen Klopp type or, mm -hmm. or an, a big name at that level. So I think that when it was declared as Rudy Garcia, the new manager, it was a bit lackluster, the fan reaction. But I think it's one that's just going to continue doing what they were doing I'm last season. I'm pretty sure it's Rudy Garcia's Lyon that beats Manchester City in the Champions League, the pandemic Champions League. I trust League. you. I, I believe, don't quote me on that, but um, he was doing it with, with a Lyon side that has produced a couple of big name players. This is the um, best I, team he's had. But I will say, yeah, I was going to say, you can't find another coach that does a 4-3-3. I mean, I know, I also know he's, he's not. Fine. Yeah, I know, it's, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying he's, he's bad, but, you know, on the list, mm. the guy from Al Nasser, you know what I mean? Come on, you know, there's not a, there wasn't someone within the ranks. There's not someone that's already yeah, but had. He's, he's, hold up, he's not the guy from Al Nasser. He was that's the not, guy from Al Nasser. Right, that's where he was last. Yeah, but he was at Roma. label. Of course not. Champions League experience. Yes. I'm not saying he's not qualified. I'm saying you couldn't find someone with a bigger Mateo. name. You would, you would expect uh, is, from is he, someone that was excited. Is he viewed as a downgrade? That's, I yes. think so, yes. Luciano Spalletti, especially after last season, absolutely. That were... In the mix for for this position, uh, Klopp was the name that was making a little you stay bit. Stay away from your guy. <laughs> <laughs> but but exactly that's why it's reactions like that. I don't think fans of Rudy Garcia were saying stay away from Rudy Garcia to Napoli when they went and chased them. There's a reason why people don't want Klopp to leave their club, and that would be seen as a little bit even of a step up or just staying the same because Paletti now has to be elevated to like legendary status if you win a Scudetto with Napoli after 33 years. Mm. Interesting. Um, well, let's stay with Napoli and talk about Victor Osiman, um, the owner of Napoli. Uh, Aurelio De Laurentiis has said, what, what did he say? He said uh, this week that he will be wearing a Napoli kit unless a more than indecent offer comes in. Is that is translated? A, <laughs> more than indecent offer. Saying basically that PSG yeah. is really the only team that could come in so stupid and money. afford him. Stupid money. Stupid Filthy money. money. <laughs> do you do you foresee uh, Victor Osiman staying 
at Napoli. 100 percent. Oh, 99 percent. I would be shocked, shocked <laughs> if they quick. let him go. But as De Laurentiis has shown throughout his, his tenure as the owner of Napoli, every player has a price. He lost Gonzalo Higuain after Gonzalo Higuain tied the Serie A single goal sc- scoring record of 36 oh, goals in a season. season. He got rid of Edinson oh. Cavani, Lavezzi, Hamšík. Every great attacker they've had has moved on, has been sold for big money. And what Napoli have shown is that they're the only team really that can turn a dollar into four quarters. Normally you get three quarters of a dollar. It's hard to replicate if you get three decent pieces for one all-star, superstar level player. And right now, Seaman is a world-class top and five striker. His in the value world. is never going to go higher. I was say, yeah. Even if they so win Champions League, but they don't need money. They're a healthy him. business. So they do million. not need money. They're not for, in debt. For the most part, Napoli has been able to recycle and maintain themselves in that upper echelon tier of Serie A. That's because of Juventus, the sporting director, who's now at Juventus. Ah. The sporting director, who was a mastermind, maybe he's like the Messi of sporting directors. He just left to Juventus, the and Messi he was the sporting director. He's incredible. What yeah. the guy did, if you just take a look at who they sold yeah, and who they, they sold, bought. Yeah, they Martins. Uh, every every great attacker. I mean, and then you see what he did. He turned Cavani into Iguain and Mertens. He turned Iguain into now what you're seeing. You know, the money from that is still going to the Cavaratelli as Osimhen. Kim and Jay, 10 million? Kim and Boom, Jay, 10 next million. Year, 50 Kavara, million. Kavara, 10 million. Kavara. That's, I, you know it's serious when he does no, this. But yeah. it's, it's, it, it, that's good eye. money right there. Someone had an eye for... Lobotka, Zelinski. someone had Now he's doing to make it. Them, no, but it's true because it's Zambongisa. Hey, what about, about Klopp going to Napoli? Get away from Zambongisa got relegated in the Premier League, and now and he looks like one of the best box to box players. They had an eye for him, and it, oh, it's it incredible. all clicked. So uh, if Osimhen leaves, mm-hmm. I trust that they'll still be able to bring in players because they're healthy. They don't need to like put that money back in to be profitable. They're going to turn that money into players. But you're not going to replicate someone like Osiemen because they're not going to go out and spend 150 million on one single player. Good point. All right, um, let's talk about uh, Sergei Malikovic Savic, who is going to be leaving. Speaking of money, Lazio <laughs> yeah. heading to Saudi Arabia. Uh, very curious to get your thoughts on this move, Matteo. My thoughts is that this this sucks. Uh, Lazio were able to keep him for eight seasons. They already apparently warded off a 150 million offer from Milan back in the Chinese ownership. I don't know if that's true, but he's received much bigger offers. Now he's 28 years old, and wow. uh, he's one of the best midfielders in the league, but you can't fault him. He's right in his prime. He is inconsistent, though. There is something keeping him from being truly world-cast, in my opinion, and that is that he's still quite inconsistent. He can't turn down the money, though. Going from $3.9 million to eight times more than that, who's not going to do that? Who's not going to do that? Yeah. <laughs> is that a cry to Saudi Arabia just said, from you? we'll do that. <laughs> the, local, the local broadcaster's going to poach you now. <laughs> No, it's, it's, it's sad. <laughs> they have enough money. They, they can't get to everybody's price. I just think it's because you said, I mean, he's 28 years old. Like, this is a guy still in his prime. If Saudi Arabia continues to be this type of player, they, well, they are attracting players who are in their prime. This, uh, this shakes things up. Morning footy not. live from Riyadh. <laughs> <laughs> Does anyone have the domestic oh. rights? I don't know if they need another color commentator. Wow. Yeah, guys. Oh, gosh. Um, all right, guys, we're going to take a break. Jenny Chu will be back with some headlines when we when we return. We are chatting with Brighton head coach Roberto De Serbi. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. <laughs> 